Hey everybody, welcome back to God's Country Podcast, where we sit around and talk about faith, family, and the outdoors. I'm Josh Hess, finally reunited with my buddy, Josh Reed. This guy had the flu. I about died. <laughs> we about lost. Between it. holidays, the flu, church revivals, elk hunts, it's just been it's been a struggle to get together, man. I made some flyers to try to find another co-host because I thought I was going to need him. Open interview. <laughs> he couldn't find anybody better. I actually had to do the last podcast by myself. Yeah, it was good, though. Uh, listen, I just now uh, listened to it. Um, what a friend. No, but it was good. It was solid, man. It was good. It was a good recap, and, and you were able to kind of quickly scope our situation and, yeah. and what we've been into. and I just wanted to let everybody know that we were still alive and we still yeah, planned on doing alive. a podcast. We're still alive. Know? We've done some more deer hunts. You know, we, like I said, like you, you talked about Titus, you know, he, real good young man. I, I finally met for you. That was an awesome deer. hunt. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jackson was exposed to a doe that I killed. So I, I went ahead and harvested my second tag uh, for the year. Um, it's been eventful. It's just been quiet. Yeah, for sure, man. And, that uh, that kind of brings us to today's topic. It's exciting. I'm excited, awesome, man. This is honestly when I got the call. I got a call from you on was it Saturday? Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday morning. Um, I'm eating dinner with my in-laws. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I get a call and it says Reed, and I'm like, a FaceTime from yeah. someone when you know they're on a hunting trip. It's exciting during daylight hours. Yeah. I mean, normally results in normally it's either it's a success and we're excited or something's bad and you're hurt or something yeah <laughs> so. it's so bad you've given up on the hunt but so tell them tell them what happened yeah so uh so yeah like we've told you guys you know we're in like the northeastern tip of kentucky and uh, uh here in kentucky they do an elk lottery and the draw odds are not great um but uh you know years ago they they brought in elk as a uh you know as a restoration uh project to get rocky mountain elk back in into the landscape here uh in eastern kentucky and uh i was actually after putting in for a very very long time i was one of the uh, lucky applicants this year to actually draw to draw a tag and um they give out so there's three different tags that you can put in for you can put in for a firearm bull tag a uh an archery either sex tag and uh, the tag that I actually ended up drawing, which is a firearm cow tag. So um, they they give you the results of the lottery in the spring, and uh, I was one of the lucky ones that, uh, that drew a tag, man. So And what a beautiful setup. And I thought about this the other day of what are the odds of in our zone where we hunt, there's, there's no elk. Yeah, We don't hunt right. elk around here. And it, it's definitely an experience that you can do from Kentucky and us being from Kentucky. Um, being able to do that, but the odds of you being in, able to go hunt in the county that your wife's from. Oh yeah, your in-law. You already had the hookup. You already had the property. You already had. So cool. You, you mentioned in the other podcast you'd been able to scope it out. Oh yeah. Just just visiting with your in-laws, like the odds of that. You know, I, I feel like it just that's that's the Lord. <laughs> the beauty of it is everything that could have went my way, went my way. Yeah. And I got, man, I'm blessed. I really yeah. am. But, you know, tell them why you're blessed, though. You're teetering around with it. I know, man. Tell so, the people. So I was able, uh, I was able to knock down a cow, man. And, right. and really, it was so cool. And I'm kind of, 
you know, I'm at a loss for words, but I could also talk about it all day long if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, and it's here. just kind of, it's really special, man. And and the tags are so rare because essentially, like, you went 150 years in Kentucky with no elk. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they started back in like 19, 1990, 97, I believe, is they put, uh, they put the first elk, uh, back into Kentucky, uh, you know, to roam wild. And, and their goal was not to have them as just like a novelty of, you know, tourism, but they wanted it to be, you know, a huntable herd. And, uh, you know, they put these, they start off with seven elk. And that's, uh, that's an, and that's insane. Which is yeah. It's wild. Cause I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause you, you obviously know way more about these elk than I do, but like, I would imagine they probably did roam around here a long time ago. Oh yeah, man. So, um, and they're just, like you said, that they've they've purposely tried to implement them back into these areas. And they, and they to, are they merging? They're merging down here, right? I mean, yeah. So so they wanted to really focus on when they did this project that it wasn't a start from scratch project because they they're meant to be here. Yeah. And it's more of a, a restoration uh, project, even though it's a subspecies. So like the elk that used to be here in Kentucky uh, was an eastern elk. You know, and basically through through settling, settling the land and uh, and through overhunting and lack of regulations, the last recorded elk that was killed was actually in Pennsylvania in like 1877. And they were actually deemed extinct in 1880. So really, until these Rocky Mountain elk were brought and introduced into the landscape here in southeastern Kentucky, you know, you went from 18 you know, late 1870s, late 1800s to until, you know, 1997 before they were introduced back, man. And they, and honestly, it started with seven and their game plan was to basically what they did is they went out west to like six different states and got these elk and shipped them in cattle trailers by, by truck and trailer wow. and drove them all the way across the country and let them let them loose, man. So it's it's unreal and it's a really, really cool success story. Yeah. When I drew my tag, I just kind of, I really dove into it and kind of became a, a complete nerd on the subject just because I was so fascinated of it. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's yeah. all I talked about for months, you know? Yeah. I found podcasts and articles and all kinds of stuff, man. The first, uh, the first seven elk that they let loose was in Perry County, which was actually uh, one of the units that I drew. Yeah. Um, they let seven elk out and they said on that day, the article I found, there was like 4,000 people there in the crowd watching these elk get introduced back into the landscape that's so man. cool and uh, imagine that though because i i feel like nowadays maybe it's just like the disinterest in like the outdoors or or how big of an influence the outdoors was back then like that that genre of people you know what oh, I'm saying? Awesome, that people wanted to see that kind of stuff and i'm curious if you if you would have that kind of impact on on just the public now you know what i'm saying yeah, and it really but it, it really shows too because i think sometimes even as like deer hunters like we want to whine or complain about like certain restrictions or, or how much a tag costs and stuff like that. But when you really look at stuff like that and you, and you hear the specs on something like an elk, you see that all the, like the actual efforts that go into like preserving these animals. And, and I think it takes me back to like looking at pictures, like black and white pictures yeah. of like, have you seen that picture of those people that are like standing on top of like a mountain of like Buffalo skulls where they just completely like eradicate crazy. these herds. Oh yeah. And they want to know why, you know, like nowadays, like we can't hardly find them or we can't hunt. Them. Like it, it, it's crazy to think that there was elk around here because just as a regular deer hunter, seeing an elk walk through the woods, me and my tree stand. That's what I'm saying. It would imagine be, being in your tree no, stand and having no. a herd of elk walk and, past and I, you. I hate the fact of not being able to be with you for your oh, elk I know, hunt. Man. 
but it was thinking about just seeing how big and majestic and and the different patterns being so used to like a, a whitetail hunt right and another thing too that you can probably speak on um when you sent the picture of you and your elk which i was super pumped about i was kind of confused at first because like that elk has a collar on it looks like <laughs> we'll, a dog we'll get to that <laughs> yeah yeah that's cool but like i said it just speaks i with, shot with, tina it, it, yeah yeah it speaks to it speaks to you know it's all, conservation at its finest man yeah and, and explain really, the collar there though yeah cool. yeah so uh with with in kentucky the way they do it not and uh it's conservation at its finest first off i'll kind of back up just a little bit but um really kentucky has kind of became like the poster child for introducing elk into the eastern united states because there's actually several other states that are now doing it yeah and uh kentucky has kind of paid it back and allowed some of their herd and actually transported from their herd into other eastern states which so is really already, cool. we're already feeding other states yeah man That's which so is cool. so cool and they're kind of the poster child for how that how it worked man because they it was such a success story um but now like moving forward so like i said i drew the tag and uh the way it works you've got there's seven uh hunting units in southeastern kentucky that is made up over like 16 counties and the huntable land it's 4.3 million acres of land, which is just remarkable, you know. And so there's plenty of space. <clears throat> and uh, the way it works is once you draw in that lottery, then you have, uh, you know, another application that you put through with preference points. And uh, based off those units or these areas of where you're allowed to hunt, uh, you know, like, I, like you said, I'm fortunate enough because my in-laws are from Letcher. So right. my in-laws are smack dab right in the middle of the elk zone, you know. So... I put in for that unit, which is unit five, and actually drew. And I was able to, uh, with my preference points, actually draw the unit that I wanted to, which doesn't happen to everybody. So there's another step of everything working out perfect yeah. for me. And, uh, you know, so I had the place to hunt, had that instilled. I've got the access because my in-laws are there. I've got a place to stay. Uh, you know, I hunted 35 minutes from where my in-laws live. So right. I got a place to stay. And I was able to go down through the summer, early fall, and get boots on the ground and, and really do do a lot of scouting. But really, it's about like whitetails, man. Like what those elk are doing when I'm down there in July is not what they're going to be doing in November. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm able to get on the mountain. I'm able to check it out. And because the terrain is very unique. And the reason they wanted to put these animals in southeastern Kentucky of all places in the state is basically from the land usage. Because essentially you look at of the 4.3 million acres that's in that elk zone a very high percentage of it is just old, uh, resurfaced, reclaimed coal mine land. So yeah. essentially they go in, they cut the top off of a mountain and they strip it, use it for coal. Once it's done and once that industry kind of went out, you're left, they resurface that land and it's all grasslands on top yeah. of these mountains, man. So there's just an incredible amount of acreage and land that just isn't being used. So uh, that's why they put it there. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, you go through the check marks of everything going good, man. I, I, I drew the tag. I got the place that I wanted to hunt. I'm able to get boots on the ground. And uh, I went down the weekend before. So my hunt actually started this Saturday right after Thanksgiving. And it's a five-day hunt. I go down the weekend before, do some scouting, and really just kind of get a game plan of, uh, you know, what I was going to be doing on the first morning. So I get down there. I'm with my brother-in-law, Devin, and, and his stepson, Jackson who's a 12 year old is my little nephew and uh which is crazy too because he actually went on his first his first elk hunt 
besides walking up on the hillside behind my in-laws house and going squirrel hunting is the first time he's ever done anything in the outdoors. What an experience. It's crazy, man. Yeah. And I tried to instill in him and, and really myself, I'm like, Jackson, listen, make sure that you consider and you stay focused on how special it is what you're getting to do right now. You know what I mean? And I was kind of talking to him and talking to myself because not many people in Kentucky go on their first elk hunt before they go on their first deer hunt. Well, no, and, and I, I would imagine that there's so many aspects of what you were doing because this this isn't like a, you know, me and you've been hunting whitetail this year since September 2nd. That's right. And we have that opportunity, that huge window. If if you're an archery hunter, you have a big window for our, our region of Kentucky versus your specific situation was you got five days to get it done. It's five days, dude. And and with the lottery draw that you do, you might never get to do this That's again. Right. So I could I could very much see your drive to get the job done. Oh man. Prioritizing you taking a moment to soak it in. Yeah. And enjoy it. And and and, and that was difficult. It yeah. really was. And I had to try to stop at times and just kind of like you climb a mountain and you're like, you get to the top and you just kind of got to take a minute and just think like, man, how awesome is this? Right. You and because I mean? it, like, it, 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 it makes me think of, is it Steve Rinella that like, of course, like meat eater and stuff that he talks about all the time, like finding a happy, like a, a true hunter tries to find that happy medium between they want the success. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, you, yeah. you would have been very blessed to go out there day one, right out the gate and killing it up. Oh yeah. And, but, and I feel selfish because the only bad thing that happened that I would take back is I wish I could have enjoyed it a little bit longer. Sure. Because and, but, I, but I had success, you know what I mean? But of course. But that's, that's still like, like people think, you know, my wife has said that before, like, like me hunting and coming home, like empty handed. And she'll say, you know, well, I'm sorry you didn't have a good hunt. My wife says the same thing. And she doesn't understand the fact I'm like, no, I had, I had a good hunt. It was it, awesome. <laughs> it was still a successful hunt. It was still a good day. I might not have brought back anything. Yeah. But but that experience for you, man, like had to have been so surreal. Um, and I hope, you know, me or you or get the opportunity again. And, and to put into perspective the rarity of the tag, um, you have around 100,000 people that put in for it right now. And they only give out 594 tags. Right. So, you know, I'm not a math guy. That's not good odds. <laughs> no, it's bad. Odds. I could throw out some fast math. It's going to be incorrect. Um, you know, we're sitting in my classroom. I do not teach math. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll skip that part. But, you know, the rarity, it's so rare, man. And, and to be able to kill one in your home state was really special. But yeah, um, kind of fast forward. But, yeah, like I said, it's me, uh, my brother-in-law, Devin. And uh, my little nephew, Jackson, who's 12. So you got a five-day window, man. So, like, there's no farting around. Like, we're daylight to dark on the mountain, basically five straight days or until I kill one. So we go Saturday. We set up. Get Actually, saw two cows really early, like right at daylight. But, I mean, they're 300-plus yards away, walking through timber. Like, it, it, I never even really set up to take a shot because I knew the shot wasn't there. Maybe reiterate that cows are, are- – female elk <laughs> just just in case people don't know that they don't think that you're you're scoping out someone's cattle yeah okay so i'm on top of the mountain like i said yeah i'm up on this old strip job and and basically it's a it's a hardwoods hardwoods mountain appalachia they cut the top off the mountain and now it's like old grown up like crp thick stuff uh you know and grazing grazing grass so 
I see two cows. Actually, my, my brother-in-law, Devin, spotted them. And they're like 300-plus yards away going through timber. And this is like 30 minutes after daylight on the first morning. So I'm like, heck, yeah, man. Like, here we go. So we get up, and we try to make a play on them. And we get to where they were going, and, and they just kind of vanished on us. But we did find a bedding area, found some really fresh sign, and just kind of set up on some really fresh sign. And we just kind of sit there for, for a little while. And uh, it was mid-morning. I actually ran into a guide down there who was, uh, who was guiding on the adjacent property next to us. And uh, he really honestly changed my hunt. And his name was Mike. Don't even remember his last name, but his name was Mike. And super nice guy, man. And he's a guide, so I'm like, heck yeah, man. I'm going to pick this guy's brain. So I get to talking to him. And he's like, listen, man, forget everything you know about hunting Forget everything you know about hunting whitetails. You know, you're not hunting a whitetail. He's like, if you set up on sign and wait for these elk to come to you, you're hunting a ghost. You're never going to see them. So he's talked about the, the home range of a deer versus an elk. You know, the elk's home range is so much bigger. So you might be setting up on fresh sign that was from yesterday. Well, guess what? That herd of elk's four miles away Yeah, on the other mountain. You know what I mean? So... You know, you might be sitting up on that and you're really hunting a ghost. You're hunting an elk that's never going to come because they're so far away. They travel a lot more, you know. Um, and he's like, listen, you got to get up and you got to move around and you got to go find them. You know, to me, I'm like, heck yeah, man. That's, you know, I grew up rabbit hunting and squirrel hunting, man. I'm all over that, you know. And uh, and that's different for us too. Like, oh, it's different, man. People, You don't deer hunt like that. You set no, up we, on we sign don't. and you wait we for them to come you, to you. You know, yeah. a lot of other places and stuff that you, you can kind of stalk deer and, and, and people are, are good with that. But with with the terrain that we're used to, you, we don't really have that opportunity to stalk. Exactly right. You know, so a lot of ours is find good good bedding, find good areas, more traction. Oh yeah. Set up in a tree, set up in a good spot, wait for them to come to you. Play the wind, find the freshest sign, and set up on it. Yeah, that's it. So you know? for so somebody me, for somebody to say how you've hunted for for fifteen plus years, said, forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. So and the reason you do that is they've cut the top off the mountain. So there's nowhere where you can get up above, up above them and have a good vantage point to glass or to find them. So really the only way to find them is to get up and walk around. So I'm like, heck yeah, man. So that's what we did. You know, we put in, we put in like eight miles, a little over eight miles on the first day. Felt really good about the hunt. Like I said, we saw two cows, found some fresh sign. You know, I went into Sunday feeling a lot better about my chances just because of the, the sign and and talking to him and getting more comfortable on my strategy. Cause if it wouldn't have been for that, like I would have done that same strategy. I would have set up on sign. I would have just waited for five days and I might've got lucky. You never know. Sure. All it takes is one. You don't have to find a herd. You got to find one elk. Yeah. That's all you got to find, you know, but, uh, so fast forward to the next day, it's Sunday, went back home Saturday night, kind of recoup, come up with a game plan. We went back to the same property Sunday morning, hunted for a little while, uh, actually basically hit like every inch of the property. Uh, basically hit like every inch of the property and we're like, okay, let's go to another property. It's probably five miles away and it's a lot bigger. Like for Eastern Kentucky, it's huge. It's like 1700 acres. So like for us, man, that's, that's huge. Yeah. But, uh, we go up there midday after lunch and, uh, we're just kind of walking around. Like I said, this property is a little bit more open. There's a lot of fields up at the very top, like some grasslands that they like to come out and graze in. So legit, uh, Devin looks down find some tracks looks like a bigger elk and a smaller elk and we're like man these tracks look pretty fresh you know so we're like heck yeah game on so we're just kind of slowly creeping creeping down this road following these fresh tracks find a big pile of fresh poop and i'm like here we go man so 
I actually pull out my phone. I drop a pin on Onyx for fresh sign because I knew in my head, if I don't kill one today, like right here is probably where I'm going to start at tomorrow, you know? So we just kind of slowly creep down this road, following these tracks, this dirt road along the top of the mountain. And uh, now keep in mind where we're at, it's a regulated area. So we're the only people that have access to hunt it, but it's really thick up on top. So we've been jumping whitetails like all day long, man. Like every time you jump, of course you have. Yeah. I mean, you're walking around holding a rifle really slow, just kind of still hunting and you're jumping deer like crazy. So I'm just, every time I jump something, I'm to the point where I just assume it's a deer, you know? So we jump one, jump up from my right. And my brother-in-law Devin actually says, dude, it's an elk. It's an elk. I'm like, oh man. So at this point I haven't seen him, but I've heard him. So I take like three to five steps to my left to kind of give me a vantage point out into this clearing where they ran. And I see one. I'm like, heck yeah, man, that's an elk, you know? So I'm fired up and I get it in my scope and it's just kind of, it's like facing the opposite direction of me. Like all I can see is like it's butt and it's between a tight window and I'm like, gosh. And then I kind of look at it for maybe five seconds and it kind of, it kind of takes off. So instantly I'm like discouraged. That's like, my, that was my chance. My opportunity is blown, man. Yeah. And then I look to the right and I kind of look back over to the right and at 40 yards is a big mama elk, this huge cow, man, at 40 yards. So they're big. You get them that close, you get them in bow range, dude, they're huge. And she's just looking at me. So what I had saw originally that I thought was a full-grown elk, elk was a smaller elk. It was yeah. probably her calf, I'd imagine. They were still kind of roaming together. But, I mean, a full-size elk, but smaller. And uh, I thought my opportunity was blown. And I looked to my right, and there she stands, man, right in the clearing. Just like what Mike, the guide, said. He said, you'll jump them up, they'll run so far, and they'll stop, and they'll kind of turn and see what you are. He's like, you got to be because ready me to shoot you, them. Because me and you talk, like, they're, they're different than whitetail because they're so big, they don't see you as much of a threat. They're not very afraid of us. Yeah, because in reality, to be honest with you, if it had the calf with it, Odds are it, it could have potentially thought about coming over and stomping you out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It had that ability. Yeah. I mean, and, and really, the Rocky Mountain elk out west has to worry about a lot more things. They have to worry about wolves, all kinds of stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. Where they're at in eastern Kentucky, you know, there's not a whole lot of things that's going to kill them minus no. hunters and disease. You yeah. know what I mean? So they're not really, they're not, they're a lot more forgiving than whitetails. Sure. So, to so anyways, to your benefit, I see her. I get her in my scope. The first thing I do, and like I said, man, she's at 40 yards. Like, she's on top of me. And, uh, you know, I'm using a 308. And uh, I get her in my scope. And the first thing I do is I go to the top of her head because I was terrified I was going to shoot a spike <laughs> and go to, go to jail, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I go to the top of her head, and I see that she's slick. And when I go to the top of her head, I see yellow tags in her ears. And I'm like, what the heck, man? I'm like, okay, I did all this research nowhere did I see anywhere say that I wasn't allowed to kill one with ear tags. So I could basically go, boom, hug the front shoulder, let it, let it rip. Smoke, you know, I sent it, you know, smoker. Yeah. And she takes like two steps and they're different than whitetails, man. They don't just run off. Like they're so big. They just kind of, they just take it, you know, they, they absorb it and then try to figure out what happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I shoot her. She takes like two steps and turns and I can visibly see where I shot her, man, right behind the front shoulder, looking good, right on the front shoulder. And she turns, takes a couple steps. Like she's just walking off. So I'm like, okay, I got a clear shot. I eject, you know, put another shell back in and actually shoot her again. She takes like two, two steps and goes down. And, uh, 
celebratory mode, man. Sure. I look at my brother-in-law and he's like, listen, man, because he didn't see her go down. He's like, these are big animals. You probably need to give her time. Give yeah, her you know, time. Shut and your I'm mouth. like, dude, she's laying. You shut your mouth. Like, dude, she's yeah. smoked. She's laying right there. I'm yeah. like, she's right there. And he's like, yeah. are you sure? I'm like, dude, she's right yeah. there. You watched her. Yeah. So I'm like, instantly, I'm like, just blown away, man. And we're giving hugs and tackling each other and high fives. And like, dude, we just, I just kept saying, we just killed a freaking elk, man. We just killed an elk. We just did it, you know? And uh, I'm like, first off, got to call my wife. So I FaceTime Kristen. Tell her we tell her I killed an elk. She's fired up. I Facetime you. Don't you? Hey, don't you pretend like you you, you called her first. I called the wife first. Yeah, I just told her myself. Pess <laughs> just gave me the dirtiest look. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's but right. uh, I'm I like, I, I had my two first calls with that's my it. wife and Hess. That's right. You know? And uh, Hess is like, "What's up, Bobby?" And I'm like, "Dude, I just killed an elk." I was so pumped. He's too. like, "Well, let me see her." I'm like, "I haven't even got over to her yet." I called first thing I did was call you. Yeah. So, anyways, we get over to her. She's got ear tags on, and a collar. So Devin says, are you allowed to kill one with a collar? And I'm like, I hope so. We're going to find out. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I never even saw the collar, man. I saw the ear tags, never even saw the collar. But it made me feel better when we got up to it because it said, if harvested, call Kentucky Fish and Wildlife. So, so you like, knew it was an option. I'm like, okay, we're, we're good, guys. We're good. <laughs> but, you know, and what really was cool and the coolest moment about all this was – we were kind of stressing out because we didn't have gate access and we're three miles from the truck, dude. It's an hour walk up the mountain. And I was frantically like, man, we got it. Well, I'm filling my tag filled out, getting my harvest log, doing all the paperwork. And I told Devin, I'm like, man, just start making phone calls. See if we can get a key to the gate at the bottom of the mountain. Well, this, this isn't just like pulling a, a white tail. You out. can't drag it. No. no, dude. I mean, you like, can't drag it. Like even even quartering it up and packing it out, like it's still a job. You and Devin aren't doing that w- one trip. It's out. four trips, yeah. three or four trips with both of you guys. Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. But I'm like, listen, man, you're three. You have to get it truck, done. You got to get it done. Uh, so I actually just get my knife. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm gonna start working on her. I basically made a dorsal cut. Was getting ready to skin her out to start quartering her, and I'm like, man, I'm like, just keep making phone calls. And Devin makes some calls. He's trying to, you know, waiting on people to call him back. And finally, he gets a call. And I literally look to the sky. And I'm like, please, Lord, I need a break, man. I need you to help me out here. Yeah. And uh, Devin says, hey, he said, stop what you're doing. Just stop. He said, we got somebody coming. They're gonna, they'll be here in 15 minutes. They're going to drive right to us. Yeah. And I'm just like. It, literally, the, <sighs> the whole story. And, and obviously. I've, I've, and there's I've, another check mark. That's what everything I'm happening, man. That's what I'm saying. Everything just worked out, man. I obviously have heard this story before, but still, even hear it again, it's just like so picture perfect, like 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 you're literally watching a movie. And you're not the first person to say that too. They're yeah, like, dude, like everything just went your way, and it did, man. Like yeah. I'm so blessed, and that was the coolest part because when I knew that, I was able to just kind of sit down for it, like 30 minutes and just like sit down next to her, man, and yeah. just kind of take it in, right, and enjoy that moment. You know what I mean? And that yeah. that's that moment that as hunters we're looking for right you know what i mean like you go through the suck like you go eight and a half miles on the mountain daylight's dark you're hungry you're tired you know what i mean and you got this five-day hunt or, or whatever it is and i was able to just sit next to her take a breath and basically just put my hand on her yeah and just thank god and and just be able to just take it in man and enjoy that moment because it, that's something that doesn't happen to a lot of people in this state and you're doing you're doing it wrong and, and you're doing your hunt and injustice if you don't take that moment because there's the elements that go into a successful hunt, deer, 
elk, whatever it may be, people don't understand the the dynamics that, depending on how you believe, but obviously we here know that a lot of things are are divine intervention from the Lord because oh gosh, yeah. the 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 perfect scenario, the perfect weather, the perfect wind, everything that that goes into play with so many different hunts. Just this is just, just you know perfect example of it. Yeah, of it all came together, man. Uh, God allowing you to be at the right place, the right time to harvest the right animal, and when when you take it when you take it lightly for for taking a life, you need to stop hunting. And that's one of God's creatures too, man. And they're yeah. magnificent. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like I told you, talk about the size of them and just, uh, you know, she had a GPS on. So I had yeah. to meet with the biologist from Kentucky Fish and Wildlife right. the day after that. And she pulled the GPS coordinates and texted me the next day and said like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that she was captured in Pineville. Yeah. And I killed her in Millstone. And you said you looked it up and it was like, And so- I just dropped a pin on Onyx from Pineville to Millstone and yeah. drew a straight line. And it's 78 miles straight. That, that's like, as that's the, a straight as line. the crow flies. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, I just wanted to show you this. Cause that's an incredible move for an elk. Yeah. You know, so she had to be on some big migration or whatever. Yeah. And the odds of me getting lucky and her being me basically tracking her to her bed and getting within 40 yards of her. I mean, I had her in bow range, dude. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and honestly, the moment I'm not a very emotional person the moment that I was able just to sit next to her and just take it all in, dude, and just be thankful and just enjoy the presence and, and having Devin there and having, having my nephew there. You and, missed the dude, it was hey, awesome. You know me. Oh, it was I awesome. I would have. Oh, I am an emotional person. And the only bad thing is that you weren't there with me. <laughs> oh, I, know. I told you that. I probably would have hugged you and cried. Dude, I was shaking. Yeah, and, man. And just, I just kept saying like, we just killed an elk boys. Like, yeah. We just got, we just killed an elk in Kentucky, man. It's, and it, to do it in your home state, and it's just such a rarity. Like that's a story that I'm going to tell forever. Yeah. And that's a story that I'm going to tell my kid. And that's a story that I'm going to be able to say. Listen, whenever you were in mommy's belly, yeah, daddy went and killed an elk. Right. And <laughs> you and, know and what that, I mean? Like, right. how cool and is that? Like we said too, in our situation in the state that we're in, like you may never get that opportunity. Again. I know. And to be able to capitalize on that, just like a couple of days in a five day hunt, it's incredible. And there's some people that have put in for it. You know, since it started in 2001, they started yeah, the lottery. Years. Yeah, that have still never drawn twenty there's, years ago. You know, there's sixty or seventy people that have put in for it every year and still haven't drawn. So I mean, it's right. the rarity. It's very rare, man. Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah, it's exciting, dude. We're yeah. blessed, man. I mean, that's we're we're very blessed, and I hope that in the future that either you can draw or somebody else that we're close with can draw because I just want to be able to experience it again, man. I I love those mountains down there. Yeah. And my in laws are there. I'm down there a lot. We're actually going there tonight. Yeah, it's cool. I love it down there, man. It's right. it's just it's peaceful. And we talk about God's country. Like our background of this podcast is taken from up on the mountain when yeah, I was Elk Scout. You right. know what I mean? That's the prop I I took that picture, you know, two hundred yards from where I shot that elk. Yeah. It's God's country, man. Right. It's beautiful. I mean, it's it's right. the most beautiful place I've ever been up on the mountain and just And to be able to great, to man. be from here and to live here and, and be able to utilize what God has given us and the opportunity he does. Like we we're, we're super fortunate. That's going to feed my family and friends for the next year. I'm so pumped to I try. Know, your <laughs> That's the only thing I'm thinking. My fat boy, brain, not, buddy, my fat boy brain. I just want to try it. Cause I've heard it's incredible. You know, we're going to, we're going to fire up some steaks and, and have some fellowship at the house is exactly Absolutely. what we're going to do as soon as we get that thing back. It's, so we're proud of you, man. Like I said, I, I was pumped and, and it's cool. It's cool to tell the people too. Like I said, the, it was fun hearing me hear, 
listened to the podcast from last time that you talked about like hopefully i'll be able to tell you this hopefully i'm just like yeah and you can Here we, we are. can tell you now it's awesome, you know man. so it's cool man and but, if anybody if anybody's interested in in the tag system or, or how all that works how you can put in for it how you can draw just just holler at me because like i said I've, I've done all kinds of research just getting more familiar with it just give me a shout guys i'll be more than happy to help you out and it's it's very it's very cost effective man it's it's not expensive yeah you can get three entries on all three tags they actually do youth tags cool. and all that money even if you don't draw like you can put in for all three and a youth tag for 40 bucks yeah. so like i put in 30 dollars a year and all that money that goes in that doesn't for people who don't get drawn just goes straight back into those conservation efforts sure you know for kentucky fish and wildlife for them to make sure the herd's okay that way they're sustainable and we're able to hunt them you know right so if you guys have any questions or anything just just give me a shout i'll be more than more than happy to help you and if you draw then i'll go with you <laughs> absolutely man that's cool man well we'll wrap this up uh go ahead and put a bow on it man. was excited to to talk about this and bring this to y'all and tell you the story of uh josh's success there but uh We'll holler at you. We're going to stay on top of this. We're going to try to stay healthy. Uh, Keep asking getting the flu again. Remember, we do have an Instagram. We Follow do have us an on Instagram. Instagram. Finally. Follow at uh, podcast on That's Instagram. It. Yeah, Thank we're going to start throwing some more stuff up. We're going to put that elk on there let everybody see it. And give us a follow. Give us a good review and uh, share us with your friends, guys. We uh, Give us a little bit of feedback. We want to uh, make this as good as we can for you all. That's it, man. All right. We'll talk at you guys later next time on God's Country Podcast. Thanks, y'all.